Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. No electricity, nothing whatsoever. We need to be prepared for the future. I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Save what for dream. You must ready. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Hi, I'm Fred Hooper, and this is Pacific Prepared. It's a show about natural disasters, how you prepare for them, and how people across the Pacific have survived them. Each week we work with local reporters so they get it. They understand what everyone's going through during a natural disaster. Today, a Vanuatu house that has helped save people during cyclones for the past 10 years, and it's all made from local materials. Also, memories of natural disasters, how they can help some people to be more prepared for future events. And keeping people safe on the water, travelling by boat, happens a lot in the Pacific, and we'll head to the Solomon Islands to find out more. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared. People's lives have been affected by a disaster. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. See, all the signs are coming. So we have to prepare. Be prepared. Pacific prepared. A house in Vanuatu has recently helped to save 32 people during Cyclones Kevin and Judy. And it's not the first time it's been used as a shelter during Cyclones. People also used it during Cyclone Pam in 2015. The actual house itself, it's an A-frame shape and the roof carries onto the ground from the centre tip on both sides and it's covered in leaves, long thin leaves and pieces of what look like a yellow tarp and then there's some large bamboo poles laying from front to back. Inside the roof has an incredible woven lining so tight and precise and the other noticeable thing is the huge black trees that have been used as the support for this whole structure. So when you see that it's not surprising that this home is so cyclone proof. Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Florence Fanua has this story. A total of 32 people were saved during Cyclones Chuti and Kevin in a grass house at the Lamnatu area on Tana Island, south of Vanuatu. The grass hut, which is revered to on the island as Nima Leten or Aus Tana, was built in 2011 using local materials found in the bush. Lesbeth Yaris, whose family owns the house, says during Cyclone Pam in 2015, the same house saved 80 lives. Built from just local materials such as wild cane and coconut leaves for roofing, a unique wild rope found only on the island, and powerful Namariu hardwood trees for the house pillars, Lesbeth Yaris says when Cyclone Judy and Kevin struck, the residence was able to save 32 individuals. 
The Tana House, the locally built house, was able to save 32 people inside the house when Cyclone Judy came. Les Petri felt that the grass house was built in 2011. House yeah, only been built them since the 2000. The house was built in 2011. Since 2011, we have not changed the house post. The house post was still standing today with the ropes. She observed, despite the fact that we had just twice changed the leaves on the roof. Lespet gave a description of the home and revealed what supplies we utilized to construct it. We use strong bush ropes that are frequently used in Tana for binding buildings together. The rope is like a cyclone strap for us in Tana. The house pillar was built out of the Nanariu trunks. We utilize coconut leaves and wild cane leaves for the roof, and the leaves were secured to the home using strong bush ropes rather than nails. The house is constructed of uh, natural materials in the Tana bush without the use of nails or iron roofs. Thank you. Lesbeth says although there are other residents of the neighborhood with similar homes, they are a little bit smaller than the grass house her family resides in. The villagers then began to construct similar homes after realizing that the housing could resist cyclones and save many lives. The safety of the populace during a cyclone, according to Ms. Yaris, requires that residents in Tana build grass houses in addition to their concrete homes. Even if you can construct a concrete permanent building, you must absolutely have a Tana home on the side of your permanent building for protection in that house. The Tana house, according to Lesbeth, is inexpensive, won't cost you any money, and you can simply go to the bush and get the materials. Lesbeth says flooding in Tana has been worsened by cyclones Judy and Kevin than by cyclone Pam in 2015. Lesbeth also benefited from the Zelda kits that Care International in Vanuatu delivered with support from the Start Network and the Australian government during this cyclone Judy and Kevin response phase. In order to help the communities in Vanuatu South recover better after cyclones, Care International in Vanuatu has been working in Tana, Futuna, Aniwa and Anaijom Islands in southern Vanuatu, training people on how to build strong and safe houses for disasters. Care International in Vanuatu's Bureau of Humanitarian Assistance Project, team leader Mari Toto, who is stationed on Tana Island in Vanuatu, says her team has been traveling to these islands to spread the Vanuatu Shelter Cluster's important ideas on how to construct strong dwellings. So one little key message, we want to share them. Uh, four key messages, so one is 
The most important instructions are to find a safe location before starting construction, to evaluate the risk before building, and to ensure that your foundation is at least one meter deep. Make sure your home is well connected and brace the structure, she advised. According to Mari, constructing these homes doesn't cost the locals a lot of money. It's easy if you don't have the money, but when you apply the key messages to build your house using the resources you have, these may ensure that your house can resist any storm and that it is situated in a safe area when disasters occur. We think the messages are quite strong, and they also help to spread the traditional wisdom of our ancestors from the time when our grandparents were alive till the present. Many young people today have forgotten about our traditional methods of home construction. But the most important lessons have been added to help us build together and be resilient to future disasters, she said. Care International in Vanuatu's Bureau of Humanitarian Assistance Project Team Leader Mari Toto speaking there. Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Florence Fanua with that incredible story from Vanuatu. What's your plan? Are you ready to leave your home? Plan now before disaster strikes. Pacific Prepared. I think it's fair to say that one of the things that drives people to become prepared for natural disasters are experiences. Going through something like a cyclone or a tsunami can be a pretty good motivating factor. In 2016, Samoa was hit by Cyclone Evan, one of the worst cyclones in recent years. Pacific Prepared reporter and 2AP journalist Maui Lutamose spoke with a survivor from that cyclone to get their story. Severe tropical cyclone Evan was considered to be the worst tropical cyclone to affect the island nation of Samoa since Cyclone Val in 1991 and was formerly the strongest storm to impact the main islands in 2016. Pacific Prepared was able to speak with Salima Matius and Tenari Papali'i, a 66-year-old man residing at the village of Mangiangi in Apia. His home is located near the large water tanks that supply water to the rest of Apia town area. These water tanks were destroyed by Cyclone Evan and devastated people who reside at Mangyangi and Lilata, where Salima is still living right now. Salima told his story of what he remembered had happened when Tropical Cyclone Evan hit Samoa in 2016. 
We were shocked by what happened early morning, Salima said. We woke up and it was like we were living in the sea. With water waves kept flowing and flooded the whole area we are living in. Salima added that this is the first time since they lived there that they have witnessed something terrible like this, as well as other people of Mangyangi village. We didn't leave our house because the water flooded the whole area and we had nowhere to escape. But he and his family were just stayed inside the house and prayed God for help. Large woods came flooding and surrounded our house, Salima added. When you moved to the front, there was water. To the back, water was there. However, I tried to get the woods out of the way so that the water can get flowing away from our house. And thank God we did it, except our shop that was flooded with water. After Cyclone Evan, Salima and his family have used goods that were saved in the shop for food and rainwater they kept in containers for drink. Salima's advice for our people is to be prepared at all times and keep praying to God. He is the only one who can save us from natural disasters. They were trying to make it for the hills up there, but they didn't make it. A lot of people lost their hands. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. According to Salima, after tropical cyclone even in 2016, they have learned a lesson which encouraged them to start preparing for the worst. From there, they started building more safer houses and protections to prepare for the next natural disaster. We provide the right information to people and they can act accordingly. We try not to make people panic. Be informed, be ready, Pacific prepared. Be informed, be ready, Pacific prepared.
tropical cyclone even struck, causing widespread and damage in the capital, Lapia. Many of the roads were blocked by flood waters and downed banana trees. Wind gusts of up to 210 kilometers per hour, 130 miles per hour, were reported. The storm destroyed houses and caused almost complete failures in the power and water supply systems. A water treatment plant near Apia was also reported destroyed. At least three deaths were reported after the storm, including two children who were in low-lying areas and drowned. Authorities expressed concern over about the fate of at least seven people who are still missing, as well as up to three thousand others were living in emergency shelters. Samoan resident Salima, recalling Cyclone Evan from 2016, one of the strongest in history to hit that area of the Pacific. We need to be prepared for the future. Helping you stay safe. We have built a seawall two times, but it did no good. What happens when something goes wrong, and how do they respond to it? Plan this time before disaster strikes. Every natural disaster gets worse. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Recently, Pacific Prepared was coming to you from the To Hell with Drowning conference at the Australian National University in Canberra. There were specific people talking on so many different issues and topics, including religion, education, culturally recognised genders, arts, and a lot more. Pacific Prepared spoke with people about all of these things, with the lens of natural disasters and climate change over the entire conversation. This is a super short snapshot of just a few of the speakers from the conference. I wouldn't say that we're vulnerable people. We're fighters, and yeah, we'll always be fighting. It's gonna be the way how the church is advocating for that, for climate change, for nuclear testing, and climate disasters that we are facing today. But when it comes to reading, people just don't want to talk about it because reading is not our culture. But if we talk about singing, they would understand it better. Because being a Fafafin and Fatsama in Samoa is that you're already a minority, you're already a a, a vulnerable、uh, community. It just makes it even worse when it's actually compounded by discrimination,、um, as well as uh, uh, climate change and、uh, disaster risk management. Our traditional dance, Siva Samoa. We can still create choreographies today,、right. and a lot of those choreographies that we have、um, made at Matavai have been reflective of the changes in the weather. You know, extreme weather patterns,、um, king tides, natural disasters—they're all things that affect us, and we can reflect this in our dance. We didn't want to take the same road as a million other meetings and discussions and forums that are focused on climate change. Climate change is a very busy and noisy and full-on space at the moment. There's this rush for climate change research across the sciences, the social sciences, the humanities,、uh, even literature. Everywhere, everyone's focused on climate change and. We wanted to take an approach that was a bit more inspiring and a bit more empowering, particularly from a Pacific Islander perspective. You'll hear more of those conversations that Pacific Prepared had at the conference in the near future. But first, one of the keynote speakers on the first night was Ray. My name is、uh, Ray Bentes, and I'm a social worker,、uh, currently based in Fiji, but also have ties to, and I work in Kiribati. 
Ray had just finished speaking, and he was standing just outside the lecture theatre, and people were coming up and congratulating him. <laughs> Everyone's so proud of you. <laughs> you were talking about human displacement. Uh, why, do you, why do you use those terms? Like, it, it's such a powerful way to, to put it. Yeah, human displacement, uh, uh, you know, uh, as part of the work that I'm engaged with the Pacific Youth Council, uh, we, we have been uh, uh, part of discussions around, you know, the urgency. If uh, countries that are continuing to pollute the environment are not, you know, uh, uh, taking ambitious targets to reduce, a lot of uh, movements of people would happen. And so the displacement uh, language that we use has got uh, few modalities underneath. So there, there is one... Uh, uh, Migration. We have one is um, you know uh, seasonal migration for uh, economic reasons, forced relocation. Mm-hmm. But the first and most important one is staying in place, as the modality of movements of people under the displacement umbrella. And do you think changing that language also changes how people view what is happening because of climate change? Well, uh, first. Like, uh, like because we've not seen any displacement across the borders because of climate change. You know, so the language matters in the text to say that this may happen uh, if nothing is being done to ensure that these communities remain at home. So no one has moved from Kiribati because of climate change. But there are people who have moved because of extractive industries and phosphate uh, mining. And uh, they, they, you know, they were moved across to to an island they bought in Fiji, and they've been there since uh, 1945. Mm. But the relationship that you know we see through the story of the people, the Banabans who moved because of phosphate mining, uh, is because they, they share the common, uh, you know, they, they share the common issue of environment degradation, you know, extractive industries and climate change, you know, if they. You know, if nothing is done uh, to mitigate, you know, the impacts, it may force people to relocate in the future. Because you have worked and lived in the Pacific, in different places across the Pacific, so how do you kind of use your experiences of being on the ground when you come into a place like Australia or to other countries who, who need to hear what your experience has been and what you, other people you've spoken to as well? How do you get that across to people? Yeah, it's through storytelling and frontline truth. Uh, bringing stories because most I spend a lot of time with our communities uh, working on projects uh, building resilience of our communities that are already impacted by climate change and so these stories are very important and what about when you're in those communities you talk about storytelling and that's a really important way to get messages across how do you kind of gain the trust of communities to to give you those stories and to trust that you're going to you know use them in the right way I suppose yeah I, uh, and, and that's a good question because for many years our stories have been used, but no tangible uh, return of, uh, you know, uh, projects or even products of what they got off from the stories. And so what I normally do uh, is our communities trust us because uh, we actually advocate to them. We, we actually advocate on their behalf uh, and also come back to create, uh, you know, to create resilient projects 
in partnership with our communities, something uh, empowering communities to actually think of solutions and working within the, the resources we have to build resilience and not uh, always wait for you know uh, donor funds to help with uh, resilient building of our communities. As part of our community outreach program, we try and uh, update our communities uh, by translating most of uh, what's being discussed regionally and internationally on matters that are important for them. Uh, so we educate them on uh, on the work that we do on climate change, and 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 produce resources uh, so that when we are visiting communities to work on projects, we also have a component of the project where it really just focus on raising awareness of our communities to ensure that they are not left in the conversations. You're listening to Pacific Prepared. This program has talked about tree planting in the past, how countries across the Pacific are running their own programs to plant huge numbers of trees at one time for a range of environmental reasons. Recently, we heard about tree planting in Tonga and how the government was driving this project, but it's not playing out exactly how they planned. Tonga Broadcasting Commission journalist and Pacific Prepared reporter Anasiu Falakano has this story. The staff of the Ministry of Agriculture are reaching out to the communities to encourage the people to consider the significance of planting trees and to be more supportive of the project. The Minister of Agriculture, Lord Forher, says they've noticed most of the people are not 100% supportive of this project. Lord Forher made the announcement to mark World Forest Day in Tonga. Tonga Forest is small and every activity involving either farming or logging or settlements will always result in the removal of small or big trees. The willingness of planting trees is very reluctant or ignored by many trees. Take many years to grow, to form forests, and have no control over time. Thus, if a tree is planted today or yesterday or last year, only Parrowed trees for our children and their children's children. Let's take time to remember that it's up to us to safeguard our forest around us. It's the calls for us to give and not taking only because health, healthy forest will bring healthy people and healthy Tonga. As part of the project, the Climate Change Division was at Havagatolo, a town in the Western District, to plant more trees. Participating on the program is Analia Va'a, a resident of Havagatolo, says she strongly supports the program and hopes people will show more support as they have all experienced the impacts of climate change. <laughs> This is a great program and people need to know the consequences of their actions towards the environment. I believe this is a great effort to be more resilient to the impacts of climate change. The trees planted include fruit trees, root crops and fragrant plants. Thanks to Anasiu Falakano from the Tonga Broadcasting Commission for that story. 
Disaster is part of our life, and recovering is also part of our life. As you see, they're smiling despite the devastation. That's how we are. You are listening to Pacific Prepare. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, SIBC Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation and TBC Tonga. My name's Fred Hooper. Please share any information that you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared.